Welcome to the Ion Ryan Show, a satellite orbiting the worlds of tech, toys, pro wrestling, and pop culture. Here is your host, Ion Ryan. Hola, amigos, and welcome to another episode of the Ion Ryan Show. Uh, this one has been up and down and all around for me. I was having all sorts of computer issues. I was having home issues down in the little toy museum down in the basement. Don't you know that I've apparently been taking water in my house for way too long. So the time I usually allot to record this episode was taken up by chatting with a mold specialist for three hours and getting uh, my socks knocked off when I found out how much it's going to cost to uh, just get rid of the water damage and subsequent mold that has been created in my basement. Oh my goodness, I could cry. Uh, But this episode, I try something kind of different. We'll see how it goes. I basically found some old blog posts. One was my initial reactions to the iPad. Uh, The other one was this like life philosophy thing I wrote about 10 years ago. I kind of analyzed that a little bit. I would have loved to talk about that a little bit more in depth, but I was feeling the pinch to get this done. Finally, I wrap up with a three count with my AEW experience. And then at the end, I'm again, I'm all over the place because I'm mentally, mentally, uh, emotionally, physically, uh, with the chaos of the uh, pending home repairs that need to get done ASAP uh, for the wellness of myself and my cat in my house. Um, I was on and off of the phone nonstop, so it kind of gets broken up here and there, but uh, I hope you all enjoy my semi-charming chaos as we get into three counts. It is now time for Iron Ryan's Weekly Three Count. So first up on Three Count, I'm kind of doing this little bit of a uh, time capsule thing where I just found a blog entry I had written when I uh, first, I guess, heard about the iPad. I haven't even looked at this thing yet because I feel like if I if I read it, before I read it to you, I would kind of self-edit and be like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. So let's see um, my initial impressions of what the iPad was. Uh, So this is a blog post from April 2010, and the title of it is called iPad Coming and I Can't Wait. All right, so uh, like I said, we're going to laugh here. This was my reactions to... The announcement of the iPad in April of 2010. Uh, the the blog post is on my old website, which is imaginationsimmons.wordpress.com. You cannot go on there. I made it all private uh, just because, I don't know, I just felt very self-conscious about all my writing at one point. So I was like, I don't want people to read this stuff. So the blog post has a picture of Steve Jobs, rest in peace. And um, here's what it says. 18 months ago, I purchased an iPhone. That was my first venture into the Apple OS that I had heard so much about. The iPhone was not too revolutionary for me at first glance. I touched the little phone button, and I was presented with a touchscreen keypad. Texting had a learning curve thanks to the keyboard, and all those apps I'd heard about were nothing more than pointless games. 
I loved the idea that I could browse the internet in such an attractive fashion, but nothing was life-changing about it. Then I started digging for apps. I found an app called App Miner that kept track of new apps and apps that were on sale. Here, I started finding gems that made my creative process easier yet broader, and I found apps that made day-to-day tasks more manageable. A few months later, I received a MacBook Pro from work. Once again, I was ready for my life to be exponentially better, and it didn't happen. I wasn't smarter. I wasn't more creative. I was just more confused. My computer, control panel, right-click, a mouse, where art thou? Then it happened again. I started to use iPhoto to its fullest capacity. I learned iMovie uh, started producing better con- and started producing better content. I found all of the free applications I could that helped me manage my files in life. Nowadays, my finger touch my Mac, my fingers touch my MacBook Pro and iPhone more than they touch pretty girls, cute dogs, and PCs combined. <laughs> Without these two pieces of technology, my creative flow and business affairs would be much more difficult to produce, maintain, and develop. Realizing that a large portion of my life is contained on these two devices by Apple, I'm always ready for the next big thing from them. I had heard rumors for a while about an Apple Slate. Yes, I guess we called it a slate instead of a tablet. Uh, I was eagerly anticipating its, its announcement. I was excited when 48 hours prior to the unveiling, multiple sources confirmed it would be called the iSlate. For two days, I searched everywhere for information on it. Then Steve Jobs took to, sta- took to the stage and unveiled an iPad. As Shakespeare would say, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. The specs on the iPad began to emerge, and so did plenty of opinions. It's just a huge iPhone. What? No USB? Great. Thanks for the input, Internet. I read through and saw what it was all about. Yes, it runs on an iPhone-ish type OS, but so what? People who think that's bad, uh, they think the iPad is just a big iPhone, are clearly not using the iPhone to the fullest of its ability. This is a revolution in computers. We're five years away from Back to the Future 2. The kids in the throwback cafe in 2015 are unimpressed by Marty's video game skills simply because you need to use your hands. I'm with them. I thought by this point we'd be driving flying cars, and here I am in a rusty old Jeep with four wheels that never leave the ground. But the iPad is the future of computers. One screen that can do any that you can do anything on. Sure, it doesn't have a USB port or a camera, but it's a step in the right direction. It's mobile as heck, Wi-Fi or 3G. It's it's amazing for movies, music, books, internet, spreadsheets, word processing, and I cannot wait to see what video editing apps start coming out. The future has arrived in the form of a half-inch thick, sleek little tablet that will change how people work on computers forever. I won't be purchasing I won't be purchasing one this weekend because I simply don't have the money despite how affordable they are. But I like the step Apple has taken and I like where we're going with it. Sadly, we still need roads. So that was my take on the iPad almost 10 years ago and I just kind of laugh. I mean, it's really amazing how quickly technology has evolved in our lifetime. Uh, a decade ago, I thought tablets were going to be called slates, um, but no, they're called tablets. They're called iPads, and 
Uh, we're now in a world that we have iPad Pros. You know, I, I use an iPad Pro for work, and it is just as powerful as my laptop in some ways. But I, I think what I just underestimated was how uh, ubiquitous the entire Apple iOS, you know, operating system. That's redundant. Uh, but how ubiquitous that would become, how we would suddenly all have 24 hour access to email and social networks and Netflix and how it would really change the way that we consume and create content. I think that was the biggest thing that I kind of miss or uh, misunderstood, right? I don't think Netflix binge watching would necessarily be a thing without the mobility of, of Netflix on a tablet, um, I mean, it's tough to say. It's it's it would the how would the world look if we didn't have tablets? If we still just had computers and iPhones? I think in a lot of ways, uh, I don't know. I guess maybe some things would still be the same. The iPhone kind of brought about that revolution on its own, and I don't know how much the iPad furthered that necessarily. But I'm just kind of laughing to myself that I'm complaining in this little blog post that there was no USB port on the iPhone. Uh, excuse me, on the iPad, I guess in a lot of ways, people still kind of complain about that. They want to hook up accessories and that's why now they've changed the port and you can attach certain things to it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the iPad obviously worked out. It, it, it ushered in the era of tablet usage, uh, for people that don't want to buy a laptop. Uh, I can't tell you for sure what came out first, like the Amazon fire or the iPad, but obviously now Every brand has a tablet, and it's kind of a convenient laptop. I think they're used a lot in the business world when you need to kind of present information. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just I just found this blog post to be so interesting that I really did not know. I mean, I thought the iPad was going to be called the iSlate. I knew nothing about it. Uh, I lamented the idea that it runs on an iOS operating system. And as it turns out, I think Apple is actually finally a decade later moving away from that and giving the iPad its own iOS, unless I dreamed that. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I really enjoy looking back sometimes on our opinions of things and how wrong they were. So uh, let's get into, let's get into number two on two count here. So I'm actually looking, uh, I had a different idea for number two, but now I'm looking at my old blog posts and I'm kind of intrigued and I'm almost kind of going to make this a time capsule, time capsule episode. Um, so another blog post I had written about a year after the iPad one was called, and this title made me say, mm, maybe I will read this. And again, I'm reading this for the first time ever. Uh, not ever, but for the first time in a long time to you. I'm not editing myself or, uh, yeah. So a lot of times I'll stumble over some of the typos that I was prone to writing when I was 21, 22 years old. But the title of this blog post was called uh, Rest in Peace, Love, and Happiness, My Secret to Positivity. So I do kind of want to read this because definitely at 30-some years old, I'm not nearly as positive as I was in my early 20s. So I'm going to see what kind of information I can glean from this. I'm going to share it with you guys. And I don't know, we could kind of laugh at how naive I was, or maybe we'll find something positive in here. So let's see. Uh, this is my blog post entitled peace, love, rest in peace, rest in peace, love and happiness. The secret to positivity. Uh, 
Who knows what this is going to include? A friend asked me this evening, what fuels your positivity? I've been asked about this before, but the true answer only occurred to me recently. I live every day like it's my last. That cliche is usually invoked to avoid regret or encounter an adve- encourage an adventure, but I look at it a little differently. See, when you ask someone what they do if they had one day left to live, you'll hear, you'll hear all about extravagant endeavors or emotional goodbyes. I think I'd want my last day to be the to to be less about experiencing random new things and more about enjoying the things I love one last time. As uncomfortable as it may be, you may need to think about dying in order to find happiness in your life and use that as your fuel for positivity and happiness. If I if I didn't wake up this morning, I'd want my family to know I love them. So I make a point to tell them every day. If, I, if it was really my last day on the planet, I'd really want to enjoy it. So I always find time to do a few things I truly love to do. If I had 24 hours left, I wouldn't want to waste a second on anything superfluous. So I tend to avoid pettiness, fighting, and things like that that I don't want to be a part of. Too often our moods are spoiled by something that really has no long-term bearing on our lives. Heck, if we're going to be dead tomorrow, nothing is really long-term, right? Just let it go. Let everything go. That brings me to the two final frontiers, money and legacy. Oh God, this is going to be interesting. Uh, Understanding the importance or lack thereof of these two things might be the most important key. Yes, you need money to live, but you don't need money to die. Since my outlook sees death as more of a certainty than life, I decide it's not something I'm worried about holding on to. You see it all the time. An aging man gives his fortune to a charity. Or, well, there aren't really an ample amount of examples like that. But if you're a young person, just don't worry about money yet. Your life is far more interesting and important than collecting a 2-inch by 6-inch piece of paper. That brings us to legacy. Some may consider it audacious or even egotistical to think about this on a daily basis. But you may be doing yourself a disservice to ignore it. If we're going to die tomorrow, there is no time like, excuse me, there is no time like the present to consider it. I've been to two types of funerals in my life, ones for older people and ones for younger people. The age of the departed is not really the determining factor of this categorization, though. It's the way they're talked about. Some people did a lot in their lives. The others seemingly were, were about to. They were just about to start. I want my funeral to be filled with people remembering what it is I did yesterday rather than guessing what I might have done tomorrow. So I do my best each and every day to put some to, to do something special because it might be the last thing I do. So that's my secret. I pretend I might die. The scary part is I might. The inspiring part, someday I will. You never really know. So make today your last day on earth just in case. Rest in peace, love, and happiness, Ryan. Huh. I mean, that that was a little bit of an interesting take. And again, uh, so what was that? That was 2011. So I was like 24 years old when I wrote that. Uh, I kind of laugh now because my life for sure, eight years later, almost nine years later, is totally dictated by money, right? Like everything I do in terms of, of my job and 
you know, I had uh, an incident happen in my house that I needed like a home repair guy to come out and deal with. And that's going to cost me a boatload of money. But I do love how I did not feel beholden to money back then. I think that was probably because I didn't have any. So it was easy for me to say that I didn't like it or care for it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I found anything all that inspiring there. I mean, I guess I do love the whole live every day like it's your last, you know. And I, I think that there is probably, as, as depressing as it is, kind of. Like, there's definitely a little bit of inspiration to be drawn from the idea that... um we're not going to be here forever and we have to make the right decisions today. Um, you know, I'm not saying to be intrinsically selfish and not worry about long-term ramifications, but I, I said it to some of my students the other day, they had graduated a year or two ago and they were talking about um, skipping class. And I said, listen, I said, don't skip class because you're tired. Don't skip class because you want to binge watch a TV show. But feel free to skip class when you want to go down the shore or go to a comic con or go visit a friend, right? Make it worth it. And finally, on three count, I'm going to talk about my live experience at the AEW show here in Philadelphia. So I was able to get tickets to that miraculously because it was very difficult to get tickets to the DC show. Uh, but we got tickets at uh, the Leacora Center, which is on Temple University's campus, my alma mater. It's where many of us have graduated from. Uh, as a matter of fact, my high school graduates from that building nowadays. Uh, so uh, we got to the show early. There's a lot of bars in the area because it's a college campus. We got together with some friends, some old faces. That's the one thing I love about still living in the place that I grew up in is that you can just randomly run into people that you've interacted with before in your life. So one of the guys I ran into is actually the gentleman that provides the opening and closing music of this show, Mr. TJ Kong. Uh, I'm happy to tell you that they've got a new album coming out early next year. Uh, of course, they're playing their annual Halloween show. If you're in Philadelphia, you could check that out on Saturday night. Uh, that's Saturday night, October the 26th, and I believe I saw them hint somewhere online that they were doing a New Year's Eve show, which maybe that's where I'll spend my New Year's Eve, because I truly enjoy TJ Kong and the Atomic Bombs music. Uh, so, he is a big wrestling fan, we ran into some guys, our one buddy who used to work at the local brewery that we all patronize and love, uh, just some other old faces, some old friends, so we got into the show, and uh, the Leacora Center for Wrestling is one of those great places where there's not a bad seat in the house, love being at a venue like that where I'm not uh, trying to look over somebody, or I'm not, my view isn't obstructed, and the house was pretty much totally full. Uh, the only place that was really empty was where they had the hard camera. If you've ever been to a WWE show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But there's four sides of the ring. One of those sides, they have all the cameras set up. And uh, yeah, that side was kind of empty. I guess that was by design because you don't really want anyone bumping those cameras. But other than that, it was pretty much a full house. So uh, we got some bad news right before the show started. And that was the fact that Luchasaurus was injured and was not going to be competing that night. So uh, that was a little bit of a bummer. He was, he was going to be a part of the tag team tournament. 
but he was replaced by Marco Stunt. We'll get into that a little bit later. I'm kind of going off of uh, memory here. Uh, there was a dark match to start the show, and that was Joey Janela versus Brandon Cutler, if I'm remembering correctly. Now, it's amazing if you watch the dark match from the previous week with Joey Janela, uh, you really wonder how he was able to compete because, goodness gracious, he was uh, he got banged up. Uh, so that was a great match to start things out. People really like Brandon Cutler. He had those. He had that great moment on being the elite where it turns out that the Young Bucks were hiring him full time, and he was able to focus on wrestling as his career. So he's kind of going to be a babyface forever. And then Joey Janela, the bad boy, everybody loves him. So uh, the show got underway. We we were going with wrestling right out of the gate, and that was going to be SCU. Uh, Chris Daniels and Frankie Kazarian were going to be taken on. Who was it now? Was it the best friends? I mean, I don't need to run through all of the matches here for you. I just want to tell you that the crowd was hot, hot, hot. Uh, really, Jericho's inner circle is totally over, kind of simultaneously as bad guys that we loathe, but also bad guys that we love. Uh, Jake Hager is just a monster of a man, and he is such a great addition to that stable. Uh, the women's wrestling match, there was a little bit of criticism there that giving us Riho versus Britt Baker, it was probably a little bit too early, but I'm really happy that WWE, nope, that AEW is not shying away from giving us big matches on free TV. I think that's kind of a cool thing, especially in a place where wins and losses matter. Uh, so we had that match. The women were over. Um, the main event of that night was actually um, it was actually Darby Allen versus Chris Jericho for the AEW Championship in a Philly street fight. Now, the audience really enjoyed a lot of this, except for the fact that, similar to WWE, there was some kind of random enforcement of rules. Is it a street fight? Well, is there rope breaks? Well, is there... Uh, it didn't fully make sense, but that doesn't really matter. In the end, Chris Jericho won, and the inner circle came out. So, hey, that would have been a great show in and of itself, right? Uh, except for the fact that we got a dark match main event. Um, on the night that was Kenny Omega's birthday, by the way, Kenny Omega did team on television with Hangman Page, uh, and they took on Moxley and Pac, so it was cool that we got to see all of those guys wrestle on the card, uh, but later on in the night, we had the dark match main event, which was the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, and uh, Dustin, his brother, uh, and they took on Private Party, Chima and I forget the name of the fourth competitor, but it was what a dark match is. See, when when you have a dark match main event, and I don't know if this is going to be on TV later, but they're not really or YouTube or wherever AEW dark airs. Uh, you're not really beholden to commercial timeouts. You can have a little bit more fun with things. And that's one of the best environments to see the Young Bucks in because the Young Bucks are just so much fun. And dark matches, just typically, they're not as constrained to what you would have to do when you were making a match for television or for, more importantly, pay-per-view. Uh, you could have a little bit of fun. The crowd gets really into it. Brandy was out there, MJF was out there, and uh, really the best moment of the show came after the show, and that was when a young man in the front row who was dressed up as Orange Cassidy was invited 
into the ring and he actually pinned Cody Rhodes. I think that they start to call him Clementine Cassidy, which is a pretty cute nickname. Uh, but the little kid ate it up. And not only did he eat it up, but he played his character to perfection. Orange Cassidy's gimmick in AEW and really anywhere in the world that he performs is that he's kind of this laid back, I don't care about anything kind of character. He always keeps his hands in his pockets. He gives a really limp handshake. And uh, this kid portrayed that to perfection. It got some news coverage locally. Love that AEW is doing things like that. I always love Cody Rhodes' post-show celebrations where he lets the audience know how much they are loved and valued. Uh, But the AEW live experience was top-notch. All in all, it was about three hours. It was a lot of wrestling. Even during commercial breaks, uh, there was a little bit of time where Justin Roberts was kind of treading water as we waited for the next competitor to come to the ring. But for the most part, they kept us pretty entertained. Uh, The merchandise was flying off the shelves. I had to walk all around to find myself an AEW Inner Circle shirt. I did get one, as did all of my buddies, my Inner Circle. Uh, And uh, one great thing at the show is that referee Bryce Remsburg, a Philadelphia or at least Pennsylvania native, had a chance to perform on the show in the Leah Chorus Center. And that was just a big moment for him in his career. And I'm very proud of him because Bryce is truly one of the good guys in wrestling and in life in general. So if you get a chance to see AEW, I think it is worth it. I think you'll really enjoy seeing a product other than WWE if that's what you've been experiencing for the past 10, 15, 20 years. And uh, the crowd just gets so hot and so into it. Uh, There was one chant where Scorpio Sky lost his shoe and people were chanting, he's got one shoe. Uh, And then later he threw off the other shoe and Sure enough, the chant was, he's got no shoes, and uh, the crowd was just totally engaged. There was more families there than I expected. I mean, it wasn't quite a WWE show. The average age was definitely still late 20s, early 30s, late 30s, early 40s, kind of in that range. But wrestling is alive and well on Wednesday nights. Wrestling is alive and well in Philadelphia, and AEW is uh, doing a great job. So this whole section about the Star Wars trailer is a little bit of a cluster mug. Basically, I tried to watch it live. I had some issues, so it's going to jump around a little bit. I'll kind of give you like the little intro I had for part one, and then it might cut off because I'm just watching the trailer. Uh, Then you're going to have part two where I try to start to narrate it, but then I get distracted by them talking. Uh, Then the third time I watch it in HD. So uh, there will be some times where it kind of jumps around a little bit, but I think all in all, you're going to end up getting like my feelings on it and they're pretty unfiltered. So um, yeah, enjoy the featured portion of the Ion Ryan show, which is the cluster mug. That is my reaction to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, the final trailer. All right, guys, we are set up here. I'm about to watch the Rise of Skywalker trailer for the first time. Uh, I'm going to go full screen on my computer. I'm going to boost up the sound a little bit so you can hear it. Uh, I don't think I'm actually going to say anything, so you're just going to kind of listen to like a portion of the audio in the background for the next two minutes. Let's, Let's do this. Ah, wait, my connection's very, very mediocre. Okay, let's look at this. 
Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. All right, so uh, that was the final Rise of Skywalker trailer that I just watched, that you just kind of listened to. Uh, I guess we should take it from the top here. We're going to watch this again. Um, so we've got the uh, Lucasfilm title treatment. Now we've got Rey on kind of like a jungle planet here. Uh, she... Dr- um. Okay, I, I I don't even know what to say about the Star Wars trailer. I, I let it play through one time, and then I was going to try and react in real time, but I, I wanted to take it in again. Uh, I'm actually going to watch it real quick for a third time. For whatever reason, my computer's not giving me like the Super HD version, so um, just give me one second here. Mm. All right, so I started to watch it on my TV, and then I started to tear up, and we're just going to try this one more time. Um, all right. So the trailer starts with the, uh, Lucasfilm logo. Um, let me, let me, let me reload this. My goodness. So like I said, I, uh, I watched it the first time and it wasn't in really like high quality HD and, um, but I just watched it cause I had to watch it. And, uh, then I watched it again and it still wasn't in high quality HD and I was still kind of trying to like take everything in. Um, and yeah, now one more time. Let's try this. Finally in HD. All right. We have the Lucasfilm title 
Ray begins running through. I don't know who this is talking. try this for like the 14th time so my overall idea was i would give you guys like a trailer reaction um but i just keep watching the trailer and i stop talking um so let me just try to do this one more time uh you may almost hear like an emotion in my voice it's just because um that dumbest line in the entire trailer of 3po saying he's looking at his friends and the emperor saying, you know, you're all coming together. And then that shot of the Falcon with hundreds of ships behind it. Uh, it just kind of does bring into focus the fact that this is a journey that a lot of us have been on our entire lives. And I understand that like not everything in star Wars has always been perfect, <laughs> um, but like, these are our friends and like we've made real life friends through these fake friends and uh, we've bought toys in moments where we've been like really sad or really happy and it's made us feel better. Um, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but Star Wars, like I said, for all of its imperfections has meant so much to me for 32 years, you know, I have those memories of jumping in the pool, pretending to be Luke Skywalker at the end of Return of the Jedi. You know, I have those memories and those moments of sharing lines of dialogue or quoting things or or decorating my house with Star Wars merchandise. And I know it's silly to get emotional about it because we're going to get an Obi-Wan movie in like 18 months, but... This is the end of the Skywalker saga. This is the end of 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 Star Wars in a lot of ways. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just the first two times I watched the trailer, it did nothing for me. And um, then I don't know, like I sat on the edge of my bed and watched it. And I guess I just kind of remember like being a kid again, like watching it on a TV, not a iMac or whatever. And um, uh yeah, let me just put this on one more time. <laughs> so the trailer starts with the Lucasfilm uh, film treatment. Uh, and we have Ray now running through this jungly forest. She drops some sort of helmet. And then someone starts to talk. And I don't know who that is. We do a nice little cut between um, her time in the jungle and looks like her time in the Death Star or whatever. We have this wide shot about not being alone, and it's it's got Lando and uh, Poe. See the rebel blockade. Ray's now confronting Kylo Ren, kind of on the Death Star on that watery planet. He knows her. Now we've got a fleet of Tie Fighters flying to. 
I'm going to pause it right here. So we have like this fleet of TIE fighters flying towards this. I don't know if it's water or ice planet or what, but then they cut to Palpatine's throne. And what's interesting is it's not the metallic throne, uh, metal throne that we've seen in like the Death Star. It's uh, it's something that's very natural. Okay, it's got it looks kind of more stone and with horns, and that's interesting because so much of what we've known about Star Wars is amazing technology and science fiction, and now we have this version of the Emperor's throne that is very organic and almost medieval. Uh, the next shot is um, is a star destroyer rising from the water. And uh, we hear again from Emperor Palpatine. There's that shot that makes me super emotional with um, all of the ships backing up the Millennium Falcon, which you have to imagine is close to the end of the movie. And it's uh, it's got to be basically once they get the entire galaxy to come together and and say no more, we're, we're going to take down the evil. So let's see. So Palpatine says bringing them together will be their undoing. And then we cut to 3PO, who's kind of getting like open brain surgery. Uh, That's the moment that kind of got me. Like I said, I think it's such a silly line of dialogue and. At this point, I don't even remember if C-3PO has really even met Ray. I mean, I'm sure they're going to have two and a half, three hours in this movie to become friends. But um, him saying that obviously resonates with me. You know, I'm taking one last look at my friends. And although this new trilogy hasn't been perfect, I do like Ray, And I like Finn. And I like Poe. Um, and I love Chewie and R2 and C-3PO and... Uh, I don't know what role our old friends like Harrison Ford, Han Solo, uh, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia. I don't know what role they're going to play in this movie. But like I said, they, they are there. They are our friends in a way, you know. Um, so let's keep watching it. OK, this Christmas uh, we've got um, Poe and Finn and Chewie running through an Imperial ship with the really reflective floor. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of mirroring in this, uh, in the cinematography here. Like I said, there was that planet that was ice or water or whatever. And that was kind of mirrored. Um, now we've got this shot. It's, it's like the cameras on the floor as, as Poe and Finn and Chewie are, are going through an Imperial ship, blowing things up. Uh, I wonder if that mirror image kind of thing, uh, will play into the themes of Star Wars. In a lot of ways, it always has the light and the dark, right? Uh, so let's keep watching this. Now we've got the image of um, Princess Leia and Rey hugging. Uh, I guess that was footage that was left over from the last Jedi. Uh, and we now we have Luke saying that uh, confronting fear is kind of a part of the Jedi's journey. Uh, we've got BB-8 kind of caught in some sort of trap, it looks like, alongside of Chewie, maybe, um, or he's on maybe the back of a ship. There's an explosion of yellow in the air. 
Uh, Finn's pretty excited about it. Um, now we cut to a shot of Lando and Chewie. Uh, we've got ourselves a Y-Wing flying up underneath of an Imperial uh, Star Destroyer. The saga will end. Uh, and in this moment, um, there is a bunch of people riding on some sort of horse-like creatures with BB-8 just rolling alongside of them, which I hated BB-8 in Last Jedi. Uh, but maybe he'll redeem himself and be slightly less ridiculous. So, it says the story lives forever, and uh, we then see Rey and Kylo Ren with the Emperor's throne in the background, straight out of the end of Empire Sh- of uh, Return of the Jedi. It's where um, Luke and Vader uh, squared off. Now we have Rey and Kylo Ren, maybe kind of battling lightsaber battle. This is now in a in a in a white room, and I can't tell what it is that their two lightsabers combine to destroy. It looks real Vadery to me, but that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, Kylo Ren is wearing his mask, so we can't tell his emotion. We don't know if Ray and Kylo Ren are working together in this moment to wreak havoc somewhere. Um, or if they're battling each other and this, this blowing up of this, not blowing up, exploding, destroying of this statue or whatever. I don't know if they're working together or if it's an accident, uh, but it's in a white room, which, um, I don't know what that means. Now, uh, we get another shot of these horses, um, Horse-like creatures on top of a spaceship hurtling towards the Star Destroyers. So it looks like they're on top of a Star Destroyer. And now we've got Ray. Uh, it's like an over-the-shoulder shot. And there's something in the foreground that she's staring up at. <clears throat> Excuse me. It looks like maybe it's the Emperor, but it's really hard to tell. If that's him, uh, it, it, it looks like it's maybe somebody with a hood, potentially. Um, I don't know. I don't know what she's looking at, but that probably is the bad guy in this movie. Uh, so at the end there, we have the moment the force will be with you always. And Luke starts it and Leia finishes it. And then we just cut to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, December 20th, tickets available now. I got mine, did you get yours? Alright, so like I had to walk away because I'm not even sure what I, I want to talk about. I don't know if I want to go all theory, I don't know. Um... All I know is I'm very grateful for Star Wars. I truly am. For all of its shortcomings and its storytelling and how imperfect it is, I sometimes have to remind myself that this is just an idea that this guy named George came up with a long time ago, and it has created a cultural revolution, something that is a cornerstone of our entire society in a way. 
movies in general would not be what they were if it was not if it wasn't for Star Wars. Um, it changed everything. It changed the world forever. It certainly changed my life forever. Uh, I've got a basement full of Star Wars toys. Like I said, when I decorated my home, I had all sorts of Star Wars merch, all sorts of Star Wars home goods. Uh, I've shared these moments and these memories and these conversations and these bonds with so many people. And uh, it's just kind of, it is just kind of amazing. I know, I get it. It, 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 it. There's some problems with Star Wars, right? I mean, depending on who you talk to, two to five of the movies are pretty darn bad. Um, I guess for me, I like the original three. I like The Force Awakens. And then, like, I like a quarter to half of all the other ones. So uh, it's more than half of the movies that I like. But it's all kind of coming to an end here. And I don't know where they're going to go next with Star Wars, but no matter which way you slice it, Star Wars Episode Nine is the end of something. Uh, but but it's also kind of maybe the beginning, right? Um, it's it's I don't even know uh, that. I was just texting with Damien, who you guys know from this podcast, and Sean, who you know from you know Alternating Tuesdays, and basically just kind of pointing out the fact that. Um, it looks like maybe the ghost from Rebels was potentially in there. Um, uh, in the trailer, uh, they're throwing around ideas. Damien's throwing around ideas that the Emperor cloned himself, and whether that's the version we see of him at the end, or if Rey is his clone, I don't know. But they do fight in the old Emperor's th- throne room, which is pretty neat. Um, but I really, I just don't know. I don't know where Star Wars Rise of Skywalker is going to begin and end and what it's really going to to be about even, right? I mean, we, we could kind of understand in the original Star Wars trilogy that Luke was inevitably going to have to confront his father. Um, I mean, we knew he was going to have to, have to inevitably face Darth Vader, uh, but at the end of Empire Strikes Back, we found out that Vader is Luke's dad, and that really raised the stakes. Now, coming out of Last Jedi, I don't even really know what the stakes are. I know that the Resistance is uh, totally depleted, that nobody really came to their aid. Uh, We know that the Force is alive and well in the universe as that young man, you know, grabbed that broom utilizing the Force. Um, But we don't really know what Poe's hero's journey is. And we don't even really know with Finn. I mean, obviously Finn was all about redemption and maybe even a little bit of revenge against people like Captain Phasma. Uh, But we kind of got that in The Last Jedi. Uh, Even Rey, I mean, her her journey is what? To discover exactly who she is? But the stakes there aren't as high as, let's say, Luke's journey, which was to save the galaxy. So I guess you could say that Rey does need to save the galaxy, that she needs to confront Kylo Ren again. Um, they need to do battle with one another. They need to, I don't know, make some decisions about... I was about to say they're about to, they have to make some decisions about Star Wars, but that's not really a great uh, way to put it. About you know the Force, about Jedis, about Sith. Uh, as we said, there was a lot of mirror imagery in the trailer, and uh, that is just that Star Wars, right? Good and evil, father and son, brother and sister, um, dark and light. Uh, it's 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 
that's Star Wars is about that. It is about the spectrum of good and evil and where you fall on it. There's been debates as to if, you know, the Jedi are actually good. Are they actually the highest level of good available? Uh, but, but definitely, okay. Sean just texted me and said, Palpatine floating in chair at the end. Uh, I don't know if Palpatine is floating so much as that thing could have like mechanical legs. a la, uh, you know, we've seen a version of Darth Maul. Sean's blowing me up. We're going to steal his content. Uh, Damien now is okay. Sorry. I'm not going to give you a play by play on our text thread. Um, but Damien was like, what, what are you talking about? And I was like, bro, I just texted you the same thing. Uh, but yeah, so star Wars rise of Skywalker end of the Skywalker saga is <laughs> now all the texts are hitting my computer. Sorry. Um, it's coming in December and it is the end of an era in a lot of ways. And I'm really looking forward to it. Like I said, star Wars has meant so much to me in my life in so many different ways. It's just been a cultural phenomenon and, um, I know, I know, I get it. L- 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 trust me. I thought The Last Jedi was horrible. It-, it breaks my heart that I cannot put on The Last Jedi and enjoy it. Like, not even a little bit. Um, especially the later we get in the movie, the less interested I become, the more angry I become. But uh, I'm still in. I truly am. And, of course, between now and then, we have... Um, of course, between now and then... Uh, we have the Mandalorian, which is going to kind of change Star Wars forever in its own way. Um, but yeah, this is this is it, guys. Rise of Skywalker. It all comes down to this. And it'll be interesting to see exactly where Rey and Kylo Ren and Poe and Finn and C-3PO and R2-D2 and Chewbacca. And, you know, what's the fate of Leia? Uh, how in the world does Palpatine come back? Uh, has he been an influence throughout these previous three movies that we're now going to witness? You know, The Force Awakens, Last Jedi. How does Palpatine factor into that? Uh, of course, you have the First Order. You have what is formerly known as the Empire. Uh, how do those two things tie with one another? I know Sean's covering a lot of that as we get into the the road to Rise of Skywalker and the comic books and the content that's being created there. Uh, we know that Kylo Ren is now the supreme leader, the position once held by Snoke. Uh, will we see or hear anything more about Snoke? Of course, there are, there are two people, two pretty significant actors that at one point were mentioned as cast members of this film uh, that we don't know much about, and that is... Kerry Russell, who is a J.J. Abrams favorite, and Matt Smith, a Doctor Who alumni. Uh, are they going to be raised parents in flashbacks? Is uh, We have the one character who's kind of under a mask. Is that, is that Kerry Russell? I'm not sure who that is. Uh, is Matt Smith Snoke? That was an idea that I floated out there for a long time. Are we going to get a prolonged flashback as to how Matt Smith was corrupted uh, by the Emperor? And he was physically uh, deformed by the Emperor's evil, and he later becomes Snoke. We don't really know. Uh, actually, at one point in the trailer, I feel like I saw Dominic Monaghan of Lost and um, Lost and uh, Lord of the Rings fame. I'm not sure if he's actually in the movie. I look forward to seeing that. But 
this is it. It all comes down to this moment. I got tickets to the 6 p.m. show on December the 19th. I bought six tickets, and I basically am going to try and put together like the all-star team. I've seen this movie. Uh, I think I'm going to actually, um, and like, pardon me again if I tear up here, uh, I think I'm going to call my mom right now and tell her she needs to get off from work because that's the lady that gave me Star Wars. And um, for the one last little ride that we have here, with the Skywalker family and the Skywalker saga and these nine films. Uh, I'd really like her to be sitting with me. Uh, I think Damien's coming. I think um, Damien's uh, significant other is coming. Uh, I think Sean got me a ticket actually for Friday afternoon. So you better believe I'll be seeing Star Wars twice in 24 hours. Uh, Greg, Sam, if you guys are listening, one of those tickets, they could be for you. Uh, I really want my friend McCarthy, who has kind of fallen out of love with Star Wars to maybe come. Uh, Of course, my, my best friend, Sean, who really kept my love for Star Wars alive in between the uh, prequels and this new modern trilogy. Maybe I'll see if Shawnee will come. So I'm excited to kind of draft my six players for that 6 p.m. showing on uh, December the 19th. So I do apologize, guys. This episode was kind of all over the place. What ended up happening last night uh, it was two things. One, my microphone was significantly overmodulated on my first recording of three count. Uh, and two, some weird stuff about AEW broke. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's true or not, but Kylie Ray, who was a promising star, uh, somebody made uh, somebody put out a story that maybe something happened, something very inappropriate with her and the AEW champion Chris Jericho. So I was in the middle of recording the Star Wars podcast when it broke. And I hopped off to start to research that to see if I should talk about it on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to wait for more news to develop on that front before I really mention any more information on that. Uh, some people said, oh, it's just a rumor. Oh, it's overstated. Uh, the source had posted about 24 hours ago because now I'm recording this. I'm re-recording this on Tuesday morning. Uh, I love you, Greg. Sorry, buddy. Um and and somebody had made a detailed allegation, but Kylie Ray hasn't said anything. I don't think anybody from AEW has said anything. So we'll deal with that. But but right now, guys, this is about Star Wars. As as Sean would say, LOL, Star Wars is dead, except for the fact that it clearly is not. Um, it's the number one trend on YouTube right now. People are talking about it. And that music, that score, and that trailer, my, my, my. I just cannot wait to listen to that real loud in headphones. It brings me an immense amount of joy. The score always has. So uh, for now, I'm going to get out of here. I'm actually ironically now recording the end of the episode. Then I have to go back and clean up some of the overmodulated stuff from the beginning of the episode. So I'm going to shoot this over to Greg as soon as possible. I will be back in two weeks with another Ion Ryan show. Thankfully, at that point, work will have completely died down and I'll be able to get back to doing my in-depth research and kind of get back to doing those types of podcasts. But Sean will be back next week. Greg and Sam are here every single Friday on the We Pod Squad with We Podcast and We Know Things. Until then, my friends, be great, be grateful. <laughs>